Yo, welcome back to the Transfer Portal CFB presented by No Context CFB. Did y'all know that Week Zero happened this weekend? And it's already over. Kind of, uh, kind of unfortunate, man. A little bittersweet. Week Zero is already in the books, but we got a whole lot of Week One stuff to look forward to in a few days. So that's sick. But this is the Week Zero recap. There were a, a handful of games, some FCS versus FCS clashes as well, but. I don't think we're really going to touch on, unfortunately. We're going to focus on the FBS mostly today and what went down. Some history was made. A few freshman sensations broke out. We got some good stuff to talk about. Bryce with me today as well as Karan. Excited to just talk some ball with you. It's been a long time since we've been able to uh, just go over games and all that fun stuff. Yeah, no, that's been a while. But that was a pretty good week zero slate. A lot of entertaining games. Yeah, I mean, to have no college football and then, you know, at least a little taste. I mean, I got I got some goosebumps Saturday as Notre Dame Navy was kicking off. I mean, I'm partially, you know, biased there with being a Notre Dame fan, but I was I was standing as the, the game was kicking off. I wasn't seated on my couch. I was I was pretty excited for some games to kick off and I know that's just a a taste for what's going to happen this coming um, week starting on Thursday. Yeah, so we'll go game by game for the FBS stuff, and then we'll do some player stuff and coach maybe stuff later on at the end. But for now, yeah, you mentioned it, Notre Dame Navy. It was um, lopsided. I'm not sure how you say it in Irish, but that was not a close game in the slightest, Bryce. What, what did you see from an Irish perspective? A fighting Irish I, I perspective, think, rather. Yeah, I think it was just total domination, um, at least up front on the offensive line. Um, I mean, everybody knows about Joe Alt, but them having uh, two new starting uh, guards um, to come in and, and just um, per, pretty much part the, the wide open seas for Audric Estime and anybody else that was handed the ball, um, and then to keep uh, Sam Hartman clean, um, and actually look like Notre Dame has a, a, uh, you know, a quarterback that knows what he's doing back there. It seemed like the offense was, was, uh, firing on all cylinders right away. And, uh, you know, I don't want to pump up the, the hype too much for Notre Dame at all, but this is just week, week zero and Navy's defense, which was, I think pretty good, uh, defensively against the rush last year held the same, Notre Dame team um, under, I think, 100 yards rushing last year. Um, Notre Dame nearly rushes for 200 yards this year, I think, is offensively a good start. And then the defense pretty much just shut down uh, that new look triple option um, from Navy this year. And I think that is probably credit to what the guys did up front um, and in the linebacking core. Those guys were, were all over the place yesterday, and it was just total domination on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Kaiser's a really good player. And their linebacking core, and I looked up the Irish word for domination. For Lama, for Lamha, however you say it, I I I should know that as a big chincher and everything. But I'm sorry to all the Irish people that don't like that. Karan, thoughts? Um, I mean Notre Dame, you can't really take away a ton. Navy's not a great matchup. Sam Hartman had a very efficient passing performance. He showed a bit of what he can do and a bit of why he's so much better than their previous quarterbacks. Audrey Castillo, as we, as we said, he was running everywhere. But I think it all comes back to the offensive line. You've got two tackles who are probably NFL-bound between Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. 
and then solid depth inside. I think that's going to be the backbone of this Notre Dame team. And as far as they go, I think it, it relies on how good their offensive line plays. Yeah, let's start the Joe Alt for Heisman campaign. I'm not afraid to start it, man. If he plays at an extremely elite level, let's do it. I don't we can throw the know. quarterback stuff away. Come on. I'm in on that Quran. I'm all for it, man. Oh, okay. You almost say you sound very hesitant. <laughs> nah, I'm all for it. All right. Blake Fisher also just criminally underrated. Uh, Blake Fisher's a dog. Yeah, I think he, I so think he could be a first round pick. He's got to be. I flirted with the idea that I think I had in my way too early mock and then not my uh, – my my magazine mock, but he's got to be in that conversation. I think someone else that we saw really good flashes from was Jeremiah Love. Estime kind of uh, got benched there for a little after his fumble, and, and Love and Price and Payne all kind of came in, pitched in. Love flashed like really, really good stuff. He had four carries, 40 yards. Pretty good stuff. He had a great offense line. Navy team was... Uh, it's definitely uh, sinking and all, but Love's going to be one heck of a player. He's someone that people need to get very high on. Um, and just, you know, Jay and Greathouse was a, a key part of that vertical passing game for Notre Dame, which Sam Hartman's going to love doing. We saw Wake Forest, he loves going vertical with it. So that was good to see a guy like Greathouse break out. And that may break out's not the word, but show up in a big way in a snoozer of a game and just get some good tape out there, good reps, and and show that we might not be as good as Wake, Wake Forest receiving core, but we still got the guys that could do the job. Um, as for Navy, I thought – I don't know how much you guys want to touch on it uh, on their they, side. They came out pretty hot, honestly. Their first draft, they were running it up, which they usually do do with the wing T triple option. But they came out there – they. On fourth down, they went for it. Realistically, they could have scored if the receivers didn't run into each other. It was, I mean, it was also it was tough. Time. It was also tough that the throw went perfectly yeah. in between. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was a very fun offense to watch. Like the new, you know, the new stuff that Chestnut was implementing and everything. Like uh, it, it was, it was just a joy to watch. I'm excited to see how Navy progresses as the season goes on and gets better. I like. Dan and I were saying it. We're both pretty optimistic about Navy this season. Uh, obviously, before the forty-two-three loss, but like optimistic about. It. We think that they could do some work in the AAC and pick a few teams off, and you know, get get a bowl. But like that Navy team, they got worked, and I think that was, that should have been expected in in their debut of that offense. And now I Notre Dame wasn't losing in Ireland. That was never. I, th- I think I think Newberry needs to be more aggressive though I mean I mean I know he wasn't trying to go for the shutout and but you know put it all on the line and and I think there was a time where early in the first half they decided to go for the field goal and I think missed it and and when you're already down three touchdowns in the first half I mean try try going for touchdowns instead of field goals maybe be a little bit more aggressive in in that manner um and and you know try not to be so conservative and and kind of not get shut out but I mean I know that's what you're kind of afraid of especially in the opening week but I, I think maybe just be a little bit more aggressive I mean I know they're outmanned outmanned and outmatched in pretty much every area on the field but you know just um, I think in that regard they could have been a little bit more aggressive yeah I know there are people unhappy that they kicked it to uh, make it a 42-3 yeah. game the whole Chris Paul cuts it to 42 meme but <laughs> I don't know, like I I'm okay with that. I think at least like 
getting your kicker a look and at least building his confidence a little is kind of important. I don't know. Well, I, I don't rem- recall exactly what yard line they were on, but you're having the. Uh, it was a 31 yard field goal. Okay. So math that. Was that 14 or something? I have no clue. I'm yeah. not a math guy. Um, so you're having to go out there and put like a. I don't know, like the offense has to put a play on tape that you might want to save for a, a more important situation in the season. I don't, I'm yeah, I don't think it really matters. Um, in terms of Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese left Alabama, so they had Gerard Parker making his debut. He called a pretty good game, attacked the scenes a lot with Hartman. Mm-hmm. I, I like I Notre Dame's scheme. Yes, yeah, yeah, Saturday. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and I don't even know if we really saw a whole lot of what they're gonna do. Yeah, um, I don't. You know, to the because they didn't target the tight end at all, and that was pretty much their whole passing attack last year under Tommy Reese. Now, obviously, you upgrade at the wide receiver position, and you mentioned Great House and uh, Deion Colsey played well. Uh, Rico Flores, another freshman, got in there um, and and played. So I don't even think we saw the full extent. They kind of just kind of did what they had to do just to kind of finish that game off. And they knew they could take advantage of, of Navy in the run game. And, and uh, with some, with some passes uh, to the wide receiver over the top with, with great house and a couple of other guys. So I don't even know if we saw the full extent and obviously um, you you really don't in, in week zero or the first couple of weeks, but I think this, there's definitely room for this offense to, to grow. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how they fare against mighty Tennessee state next week. Next game. We'll talk about UTEP Jacksonville state. Karan, I want to start with you, man. Jacksonville State, man. I mean, I I wrote about them in the magazine, so I know a lot more about them than probably 99% of people, but I did also pick them in the stinkers draft. So I I kind of, I win either way, let's just say. (laughs) But they did. They had a phenomenal debut. They came out there. They beat UTEP on both sides of the ball. They they ran the ball well. and Their defense was spectacular. So, I mean, yeah, it was a great debut. You couldn't have really asked for much more from Jacksonville State. Yeah, their pass rush was gang after really yeah. early on against UTEP, like a pretty solid UTEP offensive line. So that was really surprising. And UTEP really just they, they never clicked. Gavin Hardison showed flashes of why he's legit gonna get like NFL looks because his arm is is his arm doesn't make sense. The throw that he made, yeah, that touchdown, touchdown was, was crazy. It should have been a touchdown to to, to Kelly. Akaria he I think is how you say it. I'm not sure I could be saying that wrong, but drops it. Uh, that that throw was an absolute missile, man. And I I thought that the the lack of involvement with Tyron Smith in the offense was very surprising. I have to imagine he's quite unhappy considering he uh, could have been playing at A and M or another Power Five this season. He goes out there and gets five catches for 38 yards and opens his season with a loss at Jacksonville State. Got to imagine the Tyron Smith camp is uh, pretty sour right now. And I I don't know. Like, there was no good takeaways from Utah. I mean, yeah, once you look past Hardison's, like, occasional good throw, the, the turnovers were really backbreaking for them. Hardison had a fumble loss and two interceptions. And then, yeah, I just felt like they underutilized their skill players to the extent that we typically see them do. Yeah, I think the the thing that was most impressive was me with me is when is what the, you might kind of mention, Karan, with the the offense and defensive lines. They didn't get pushed around, you know, and that's the kind of thing you worry about going from FCS yeah. to FBS, and and they kind of got a push 
on offense. Uh, they were moving UTEP back a few yards down the field when they were running the ball. I thought the running game was was pretty effective. Uh, Zion Webb, you know, I don't know how many guys he overthrew in that game. It, it felt like at least seven or eight, and and he all th- he threw them at what felt like a hundred miles an hour each time. And but I, I still Zion experience. Man. I know, I know. There, uh, there was a, there was a couple. Yeah, there was a couple of guys yesterday that couldn't rein it in and were throwing. Yeah their fastball every single time. Um, but I think overall from Jacksonville state and, and rich rod and getting that first win, I think definitely uh, means a lot for, for where that program is, is, is going to go this year. Yeah. And I mean, not to rub, not to rub like salt in the wound for UTEP, but Jacksonville state starting running back Anwar Lewis, arguably one of their best players didn't, didn't even play and they still yeah. lost. So, I mean, that can say a lot about how much Jacksonville state could improve with him or, UTEP's defense. Dude, we saw Logan Smothers like appearance. Yeah. Well, that was insane to see. Um, you know, and, and on the you know, the final play of the game, Jeremiah Harris gets out of the interception and UTEP's down three. They have third and one on whatever yard line it was. Uh take the end zone shot deep, and then the next play, it just they went for T- Tyron Smith on like a pick play in the flat. And it was there, but the pick was so bad, and everybody just ran into each other like a like a car crash. And the throw was just laid, and Harris just picks off pretty easily. And uh, if if Harris didn't make the instinctive play of going to track down Smith there, that's probably a touchdown because ain't nobody else had, had nobody else was going over to to, to Smith there. Yeah, yeah, it felt like that that play took longer to develop than 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 what a normal kind of pick play you know takes and it just took forever and then obviously it gives the defenders time to get over there and make that play but i think on the third and one play i think that was the it felt like very similar to the play they scored the touchdown earlier to get that game within one score it it looked like it might have been the same type of route uh but yeah that that whole sequence kind of just felt like botched towards the end yeah i just feel like it's third and one, man. Just go get that yard, secure the yard, and then take some shots to the end zone, or at least like chunk it and just put yourself in a better spot. Uh, again, it's week zero. There were a lot of questionable calls and plenty of plenty of the games yesterday. Even one of the questionable calls was I'm looking for the uh, the picture I tweeted out of it was UTEP, and it, it was around midfield. Um, where is this picture, man? I want to get the exact situation. Did you guys see that play of um Colby Fuqua on Jacksonville State's defense? He like jumped offside. They they got the free play and then he tripped over the flag and gave up like a 30-yard completion. I thought I thought they were in for a long game after that, but they were able to recover. It, it was fourth and three, uh, eight minutes left in the first quarter. There's a game. And UTEP like Bunched everyone up. They it it looked like yeah. the uh the old hide the little guy play and then just snap it and hand it off to them for an end around that goes deep. But it, they they didn't have anybody little there. It was all big guys. Like seventeen is in that picture is a is a tight end. I I, I that play well, call was so bad. They ran that last year as a like trick a, pass like Curtis in the New Mexico Bowl through the pop pass, yeah. So I guess I mean, and it was just a different. Was film. It was yeah. a different look this year where they were trying to go on the flat. Yeah, and I believe it was the tight end who kind of got held and whatever. But you know, like I see that and I'm thinking, 
my immediate, I don't know why my brain works the way it does. I'm thinking Hardison takes a snap, puts the ball through his legs, and 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 we're taking this as an end around up the up the sideline helps in that thing. But we didn't share the same vision. But again, impressive win for Jacksonville State. Welcome to the FBS uh average weight of their defense line, 271 pounds, UTEP's offensive line, 307. Yeah. Good good showing for Jalen Swain and the and the fellas. Yeah, uh, Rock did his thing. Did Kyron Samuels too? Big shout out to Kyron. Happy camper there. Yeah. So he had his phone was blowing up like crazy after that. Um, the next game was UMass New Mexico State. The Sickos Committee Super Bowl went off the rails in the fourth quarter. We got bageled. None of us had UMass winning. They won. UMass the first overall pick in the sleeper draft. No comment on who took him, but <laughs> who took them. That's a tough pick, man. That yeah, stinker's got 100. percent It was a tough. It was a tough weekend for me, but regardless, you know, they put up a good, a good fight. A lot of people thought, a lot of people being me, thought they would be the worst team in the country, and they look slightly better than that. Their rushing game was really good. Do you uh, possibly want to say who the worst team in the country is now? I'm not. You can have that one. You don't want to say it. I'm not. I'm not conceding. Dude. I don't even have a take on this matter. But dude, um, any any thoughts on the UMass and MSU game, Bryce? Yeah, I, I thought what Karan mentioned in uh, is that Tyson Fumachan is that how you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was he was you know all over the place, especially running the ball. Um, and obviously he had some stops at some. Power five schools before, but and I, I think that it was definitely the running game that kind of you know put this game away. Never really had New Mexico State kind of get back into that or even make it close down the stretch. Kind of a maybe a disappointing start after uh, a, a great season under first year under under Jerry Kill. I think I think uh, maybe you know Dylan kind of pumped pumped them up a little bit too much <laughs> coming into coming into this year. He he's all in on them and he and, and uh, he and a, a good bit of others were pumping the New Mexico State I train a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I it, mean it, Diego Poppy is a good player and I, I think that yeah. kind of drove mo- drove most of it. Some are saying he was seeing ghosts by a Jordan Mahoney led secondary. Uh, it was it was rough. But yeah, I mean Tyson Tyson had a nice game. He didn't really get a fair rep at Clemson. I mean, he recovered. I remember he recovered from like an ACL was in like two months or something. It was just not really, it wasn't really working there. But UMass, like I think, I think this is a good spot for him. He's pretty much the heart of the offense, both rushing and passing, and he's got talent. I mean, he was a pretty highly rated high school recruit. Yeah, we even see saw Eli Stowers making appearance for New Mexico State. Some of these names that we're seeing play some college football finally is kind of yeah. wild. Uh, some are saying, not me, some are saying the big game boomer curse might be a thing. New Mexico State hosts them at the game. They're 0-1. Some are saying it. New Mexico State hosted Big Game Boomer. You did see it. He got like he got he got like a shirt that said uh, "Guns Up, Big Game Boomer." So that was crazy. They had a shirt for him and everything. They were tweeting. Oh, about I think him. I saw the tweet. Yeah, I saw the. Tweet. They were tweeting about him off their football account so much it was nuts. Good for him that he got that hype, but golly, some are saying they're the if he's doing his own game day tour, there might be a ah, Big Game funny. Boomer curse. 
I'm happy for him, though. That's, yeah, that's that cool. is pretty sick for him, man. And New Mexico yeah. State seems like a really fun place to uh, catch a game. Yeah, I mean, I, if if they're not going to wear those ponchos that they wore coming into the game, I'll take one. <laughs> they seem they pretty seem pretty. You sick, might have to retire they, the ponchos they, after going might. on one. Then. That's that's why I'll I'll take one. Just just send send one my way. You guys don't have Lots to wear, kids in wear them anymore. Those. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Like the lost Super Bowl team. Then. Oh. <laughs> Ohio San Diego State was a very somber. Yeah. Out, no one, uh, that no was. One got the, turned off at halftime. Turned off. Oh, okay, I understand why, but this one, uh, this one really hurt my heart, man. So, I'll let you guys talk about it first. I mean, between watching watching San Diego State's offense is already like enough punishment, but then when Curtis Rourke goes out and. Pretty much like what the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. He started off eight of 10, 75 yards. He was looking really good, but I think they rushed him back and that showed. It, very early on, I noticed him favoring his line yeah. quite a bit. He wasn't moving up in the pocket. He wasn't just moving in the pocket at all. And that's something that we know from both he and his brother. Yeah, they they're both pretty the mobile. And yeah, Nathan's a lot better of it, but Curtis has grown so much in that department in his career. And he he couldn't move, man. So yeah, he's favoring it, it so much. It was they, it was pretty apparent there. And I mean, I'm a I'm a big Curtis Rourke fan. You're a big Curtis Rourke fan. I think actually I'm I'm not gonna say, it, but I think he is the more complete quarterback as I did compared too. to his brother. Yeah, he's more NFL ready right now I, than I Nathan ever was while he was at Ohio, which is yeah, such Nathan, high praise. And Nathan's the greatest preseason quarterback of all time. So. No, so like it, it yeah. just. I, I completely feel like they did rush Curtis back into it. And all we heard about was he's progressing so well ahead of everything. And he's going to be right. And it's going to be great. And it's just, I he was favoring the legs so much, man. And I, I, yeah. I respect the high a lot for, I already have, I respect them even more for not playing him back in that game. Curtis wanted to go back in there so badly. He's very upset they didn't get a play, but they made the right decision. What What is the point of him playing in this week zero non-conference game against San, San Diego State? Hypothetically, if Ohio were to go 12-0 or 11-1, tell me right now, does a member of the College Football Playoff Committee voter actually care about the one loss or not? They don't know. They'd be ranked like 17th or whatever anyway. So making sure his health is good is is all the importance man yeah it's a puzzling decision because you're also taking reps away from cj harris who didn't really look he looked kind of out of place when he came in three interceptions just yeah he, he didn't he didn't look ready right from the start yeah I mean, he, he looked like the deer in the headlights kind of looked and he just i mean it was it wasn't it wasn't very good for ohio at all yeah so i like i have my take is I thought their drives with Curtis looked really good. That offense looked lethal. They looked scary. They were doing it against a very good San Diego State defense, like moving the ball at will. And then when CJ comes in, I'm not sure why it became such a pass-happy attack. You have C.A. Bangura. You have O'Shawn Allison. You have C.J. Harrison, his legs as well. And he's he's just not that like level of passer I don't yeah. understand why they like freaked out and went past happy. They even had a lead and just I six three lead and they're just throwing the ball so much. Like get it to Bangura, at least get it to him in the short pass game. I, I didn't understand their game plan. And then when they did have looks in the receiving game, 
or in the passing game, rather, CJ was overthrowing. He had Sam Wiggles wide open for a touchdown, and Wiggles had a die for it and couldn't get it. It was tough to watch, man. They should have won that game regardless of uh, Harris being in there. Like, I felt like they're, they should have been the better team, man. Yeah, but in terms of San Diego State, who won the game, I think um, oh, yeah, yeah, they did Mark Redman. Mark Redman was the standout on offense. He's a great tight end. One of the you see him gritty. <laughs> Do you see that? Yes, these tight end, these tight ends doing gritties need to be like bad. <laughs> it's actually abysmal. He thanked me for posting his gritty. Let's go. But yeah, two touchdowns from him, sixty-two yards yeah. in a great game. The tight end is always open. It was good. I thought it was a really good showing for Jalen Maiden, aside from throwing the ball at the rest face. I thought Maiden did exactly what we needed to see from him. The defense did it, it showed out, albeit against Ohio's back at quarterback. The defense shows out. Maiden just he just had to be competent, take what the defense is giving him, run the ball at a decent level, and just get the off like their offense was kind of it was solid. Yeah, I mean Maiden at this point in his career, he knows where to get the ball and He's come along as a passer enough to where it works. He can make efficient. He can play an efficient football game, and you're seeing it now. I think he'll be able to get through the season, have a solid year. Yeah, I, I thought you know the game plan was you know solid, and I think you might have tweeted something out, Liam, that he's another one of those guys that throws the ball 100 miles an hour no matter what. Uh, but it, I felt like you know their rushing attack against Ohio's defense I thought was was pretty solid and and felt like that could be something that they could lean on and be pretty efficient through the rest of the year. Cody Moon was everywhere. He, he was, was everywhere. Uh, yeah. He's so good, so underrated. Uh, New Zealand Williams, member of the all-name team again, the game ceiling interception. And, you know, San Diego State, uh, that, was, that was a weird one. Their fourth and three-ish call there. Like yeah, they bring, they handed Ohio like really good chance. They gave him a gift. Was, yeah, I thought I thought it was over, but um, yeah. all in all, though, for Ohio when Harris came in, it reminded me a lot of the MAC championship against Toledo, where it felt like everything like just so deflated and like now it didn't feel like. I don't know, man. They showed a lot of grit and everything, which is good to see. And I think that there's a lot of good lessons to take away. But the game reminded me like the MAC championship last year, and and both the, San Diego State's going to be a better team than I thought. Uh, but they'll be a really good team again. I think the Mountain West is going to be a lot of teams eating each other alive. But I thought this was a really quality Week Zero matchup, even though it. Uh, it, it didn't go the way it should. Rourke should get hurt, but that's my dad's fault for uh, witnessing the last three plays in Curtis Rourke's career, and he's gotten hurt on the first and the third one. So not good, Marky. Not good. <laughs> the Rourke's could probably sue us. That's not good either. Wouldn't even put it out there. Okay, don't sue us. Okay, can we at least talk about Sam Wigloss? What, what a game he had. Yeah. Mm. Sam's got to get a shine. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, what he's going to do with a healthy Curtis work, man. Oh, shoot. Actually, I'm sorry. I just There's a thousand things I want to talk about with Ohio. Tyler Walton looked really good receiver, too. 
Like that was not a guy. Won this game. You would never believe it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm such a Maxion guy. I'm a Mal Lost guy too. But I'm such a Ohio guy. Tyler Walton looked really, really good for the Bucks. Okay. Yeah, he had a good game out of the backfield. Um, he he had six grabs for 55 yards and just. I think they said I could be wrong. I think they said he was a East LA transfer. I could be completely wrong there. Actually. Could just be mistaken that for another player. He is definitely. Uh, he's been at Ohio Christian for four years. He's been there for so long. Well, I, I'm I'm hearing ghosts. We'll move Walton's on. He's been at Ohio since 2018. Yeah, I just <laughs> that 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 was me hearing ghosts of Tim Brando saying a member of San Diego State from East LA. Uh, Louisiana Tech FIU was one of the most uninspiring performances I've ever seen on both sides of the ball from both teams. That was. Here. That was that was the worst passing performance I think I've ever seen. I think that you could FIU. say I think that you could say that this was the worst game of the season. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year. This is this was awful in every sense of the word. Every yeah. phase of the game, this was terrible. I mean, Shamari Lawrence, you know, credit where credit is due. He started for 139 yards. He put that offense on his back. He was sick. That's a Coyotes transfer right there. He was a really good player. And he looked really good, but the he's like again the Bugatti in the trailer park meme. Like that's him there. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, FIU quarterback yeah. Grayson James finished five of fourteen, four yards, one interception, five QBR. It was just that. That was really that was one of the worst pass performances ever, like, undeniably. Yeah, I uh I wrote the preview for for both of these teams, and I honestly thought that Louisiana Tech was gonna blow them out of the water. I thought FIU was probably gonna be one of the worst teams in college football coming into this year, and uh, they still they still might be. Uh, but well, they are. They, they, they are. Yeah, that was as you mentioned hor- horrendous. Um, uh, as far as passing attack, and I, I was I was stunned when Lawrence broke off that touchdown. Uh first uh first quarter i was like wow that's not what i expected at all but and louisiana tech i thought hank bachmeyer was gonna look better maybe um just because he had the weapons to do it but and there were some some flashes uh with, with smoke harris and cyrus Allen's, but it, it just wasn't very consistent and i, I was expecting more yeah, the thing with Hank is, like, on paper, he sounds like such a great quarterback. His win-loss record is phenomenal. But then you actually watch the on-field product, and it, it's never there. I mean, he looks he looks experienced. He looks like he can move the ball for this Louisiana Tech team, but there's not really much to write home about. He could not get the ball to Cyrus Allen to save his life. Yeah, um, yeah this game was pretty much two players offensively, Smoke Harris and Shamar Lawrence. But Lawrence is going to be so good, man. It's such yeah. a shame he's at FIU. It feels like when Chambers was there last year, and they had nobody else. I guess they had Rivaldo too. But like, golly, man! That as someone who watched a lot more FIU than one human should in their entire life last season, I Grayson James is still a better option at quarterback than the other two guys that they rolled out last season. Like it's it's that dreadful of a situation at FIU. It's that dire. They need they might need a kid to walk on and like just show like the old Mike Leach takes the uh kid kicking uh at the contest at Texas Tech and makes him the kicker. Like 
Right. There's some guys that aren't on rosters right now that that are significantly better than Grayson James. So, so Chance, Nolan, like, Chance Nolan comes to mind. He he's not on TCU's roster anymore. Is it like McIntyre politics here? The because <laughs> there's just no way that you could go into this. No, like Grayson's a good kid too, man. But like, yeah. you can't go into a season with that product. Like, how do you not look to upgrade? Does nobody want to come play in Miami? No, I don't think so. And I, I think I don't think their offensive line is, is not very no, good. It's not they, either. It was no, shocking. It, you said it was shocking when Shamari got loose, and I, I can't believe that the offensive line paved the way like that. Yeah, that was like a wide open hole, and I was like, "Holy crap!" But and because they their best two offensive linemen both transferred out before um, after last season, and I thought this offensive line is going to be horrible and they, they still ended up not performing very well yesterday, but um, except for, you know, a, a few runs um, for Shamari, but yeah, this, it was not, not fun. I mean, I don't even know how Louisiana tech ended up coming back in that game. So, I mean, it, it just, it's wild though. Cause like FIU didn't, couldn't pass like literally to save their life. And they still were winning for most of that game. ESPN's win probability counter had them at an 80% probability at one point. So I wanted to bring that up was because I used the word uninspiring to describe every facet of the game for both teams there. And yes, Louisiana attacked and had their top two running backs, including Marquise Crosby, who was that team's best player in my opinion. Yeah. But how, what, like, there's no, takeaway here that like there's no nothing good to take away like this was a team that we're thinking year two under Cumbie they could maybe make something happen the defense just has to be a little better the offense is going to be there that was a dumpster fire they play at SMU next they're going to get smoked by Preston Stone because by the way for a team that only gave up 17 points and held held the opposing quarterback to four passing yards that defense looked every bit as bad as last year's defense. It still looked garbage, which is a huge indictment on FIU, but not offense. Yeah, giving up 17 points. The, the, the 18 yards been... in the second half. Like yeah. 18 yards is what FIU had in the second half. But like this should have been a game where Louisiana Tech wins like 44 to 7. Yeah, that's like, what I thought it was going to be. I'm very worried about Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, man. Yeah, I am too. That was that was a dreadful first performance. That uh, is, I, I don't know, dude. Again, that's going to be a contender for worst game of the year, win an SB or something. Um, Hawaii Vandy. Oh shoot, yeah. that game was lit, man. Yeah, Hawaii Vandy that was, was actually game. good stuff. Karan victory lapping in the Hawaii loss. I had a, yeah, I had a blast watching stuff. that game. I watched all of it. It was a great game. Yeah, I mean Hawaii to start with. Look, even though they lost, I mean they look so much better. Than they last year. <laughs> this like, is gonna United. be a, this is gonna be another one of the ones where you talk more about Hawaii. Than the okay, okay, okay. No, yeah, it's good looked, though. Yeah. Hawaii, yeah, okay. Hawaii looked a lot better, but I mean Vanderbilt. <laughs> no shots were done. They had a great game. AJ Swan, we can start with. He looked lights out for the most part. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He was stretching the, stretching the field, throwing deep posts. He had a nice ball on the run. run. Yeah. He, I mean, AJ Swan, he, he put up impressive numbers last year, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions as a true freshman. But I think he could take a big step this year, even if Vanderbilt's kind of bottom of the SEC still. Yeah, I I've, I feel like 
that was a, a game where uh, both teams showed that they have a competent quarterback, especially with Hawaii and and, yeah. and Schrager and, and him just bombing it down the field. And I think he showed off, you know, what a, a good quarterback, um, an improved quarterback can do for that team um, after what they kind of endured last year, um, especially in this specific game last year where Vandy just rolled over them in the second half last year um, at Hawaii. But this, it felt like it was maybe – I think a much different different story, and it could have trended that way early on. But, but you know, credit to Hawaii coming back in this game and, and making it pretty fun to watch towards the end. Yeah, that's one Shepard combo is going to be disgusting all year long. And I think for Vandy's rushing game, Cedric Alexander only got like two carries or something. I, I would count the ball more, man. Yeah, no, Vandy, Vandy's got some stuff to work with, though. I I was impressed with their performance. Obviously, I mean, a lot of people projected Hawaii to only win like one or two games this year. It was a it was a tough battle for them there in that one. Well, let's talk about the losing team here that had a lot of good things to take away from. And I want to start with this. You take your victory laps on Hawaii. Uh, we could both take it on saying that that ain't the worst team in the mound West. They are not at all. They, I I felt like they underused Tylen Hines and out of the backfield, but otherwise, I mean, the receiving game. Stephen McBride transferred from Kansas, had two touchdowns. Shager, I mean, he was phenomenal. He was stretching the field. We talked about this yesterday, but I mean, how many quarterbacks in the Mountain West can we say are confidently better than Brendan Shager? There's not many. It's really like Taylor, Taylor, Doug, and then. Cordero, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly probably like going Shager before Cordero. I think he's a better passer, but pretty Cordero. We he was about throwing him. some dimes, dude. Yeah. Like that, some of his vertical throws off the sideline were just filthy. Yeah, no, he was he was all over the place. I think it's kind of like it's unfortunate that he's ended up on Hawaii because. Yeah, With how much football you. he's played, imagine if he was playing on like an actual let's or say like FIU? a Fresno State or something. <laughs> I mean, FIU, he'd probably be balling out too. Fresno State, that was the exact thought I had last night. Yeah, I don't if remember if I said that. State, or, I think he's the best quarterback. I don't remember if I said that in our group chat or if I said it to my brother, but if he was on Fresno State, that yeah. that team, I'd be so much higher on that team. But uh, I, other takeaways from Hawaii, you, you talk about their receiving game, like. Yeah, the receiving game, they brought in Stephen McBride from Kansas. He put up a good performance. Ashlock, he was stretching the field. There's a lot to like there, honestly. Yeah, Timmy Chang's actually, he's actually cooking. He might be. On defense, you know, there's work to be done, but Isaiah Tufaga, he was all over the place that game at linebacker. Peter Manuma, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. There's pieces there, Verdell Edwards as well. It's all it's all coming together. I don't know if it's going to be a complete product in the next year or two, but I think they'll eventually be back to contending. I want to put you on the spot right now. Look at Hawaii's schedule. Give me the wins. And I, I think I want you to start with their upcoming game. Oh, I, <laughs> the, Hawaii versus Stanford. I, that could be that could be a shootout. I'm not I'm not gonna say who I think is gonna win, but well, fun do game. you know the spread? What do you think the spread there is? Um, Stanford three and a half. Stanford minus five. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they'll beat them. Albany, New Mexico State, I think Hawaii beats. Have to beat them. New Mexico, perhaps. There's, and I think they could steal a conference game, just that's not a New Mexico. San Jose State, maybe. Colorado State, yeah, San perhaps. Diego State, perhaps. Nevada, they'll win. Yeah, it's, it's looking good for Hawaii this year. Four that's wins might be achievable. Any other takeaways from that game, Bryce? Um, I I love that that Tang Chang used uh the point spread as motivation. I I I thought that was kind of a little refreshing. You know, coaches actually going in saying we are. Un-, I mean, I I'm assuming that it's it's said a lot more than what we hear. Um, you know th- that we're un- there this many, but to go be in detailed and like we're seventeen and a half point underdogs. Like he, I don't I don't want to throw any investigations on Hawaii. Like they have money on the game. I don't, we're not talking an Iowa, Iowa state situation here. Like, but I, I, <laughs> I found it, I found it, uh, I, I found it fun uh, that he's using the point spread as motivation for this game. I, I, I don't know how many coaches like use that or pay attention to it. So it was pretty refreshing to hear that, but Hey man, we know from Iowa and Iowa state, we know from a lot of other stuff, Players are pretty aware of what the point spread is in this day and age. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll move on again. Vandy, it's going to be a little while before they have the number one team in the nation per Clark Lee. Hawaii, though, things really are looking up, and I'm excited to see what Shager could do. Ashlock, like, they have something there, too. Like, he was a redshirt freshman. They're cooking. We didn't even talk about Cam Stone, who I know got hurt uh, in that game, but – and that's not a good piece that they have. But San Jose State, USC, nobody could watch this game, yet everyone was talking about one player in particular who was trending on a Pac-12 network game that 70 people were watching. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really – Zachariah Branch, you can't go without mentioning him first. He was, that's who I was mentioning. I was. I know, I know. I was, just, <laughs> I was leading off of that. He was insane. I mean – I was watching that, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, they got another Percy Harvin, man. Like that, he was crazy. So, my brother has been hyping up he and his brother for I don't know how many years. It, it might have been since they were playing Pop Warner in like elementary school, like Friday Night Tyke situation or something. He's been talking them up for so long, and like both of them were supposed to go to the Ohio State or whatever, end up at SC. And he's been saying he's going to get, like, just the Tyree Hill comps are going to be endless and so annoying. But uh, you know, we we know uh, we know where it goes. So I think it was kind of refreshing. I guess I still hate player comps and everything, but they hear a different comp and it'd be Percy Harvin was pretty cool. Yeah, he he had a great game, my man. And yeah, I'm I, interested to see how they use him. We didn't see, we didn't see that much of like their other weapons. Singer had a touchdown, but really they were kind of fun off the gas for the most part. He so one thing that I noticed with Branch was he's like listed at five ten or whatever. He looks pretty dang tall. Like he looks like a tall five ten. He's very lean. Like he has a really yeah. good build. And he's the, got long arms and long legs. Yes, so. the, dude, the strides that he's taking are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, man. I think John Rivers said it best. That was the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> what about uh Caleb Williams chucking that ball downfield? And 
I think it was intended for Dorian Singer, but then Taj Washington just came over and took it, took it to the house. Yeah, I mean, Caleb, Caleb had a good game. I feel like with Caleb, he could have like a great game, but then it's still some plays are hard to watch because he's just trying to do like the greatest play of all time every single play. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a, the one to take away. You know, obviously he did that a lot last year, and he did. You know that what's kind of what made him special and have some of those moments um, last year, extending plays and just running around, kind of backyard kind of type football. Uh, but I I felt like that was probably the one one thing that you could maybe criticize him for uh, that he's still kind of doing. So uh, something yeah. something I wanted to bring up was they played other quarterbacks. Miller Moss went out there and had a really good throw downfield to Deuce, I believe. Like they even got Deuce in there. They got. They got Quentin Joyner in there. They were getting in some of their younger guys, and Miller Moss is obviously Miller Moss is like he's good, and I like he's my hot take. take. My somewhat hot take is that last year when Caleb Williams got injured against Utah, I mean, if Miller Moss came into that game, I think they have a pretty decent chance of winning. He's a he's a really good passer. I I think we could be looking at future uh, BYU quarterback Miller Moss. I'll say it's possible. Said last night in the group chat and all, but. Uh, there, there's some other things here with USC before we move on to the San Jose State side. There is a reason why I Karan is was in the uh, Act 12 preview with me. You and I were lower on them than a lot of other people. Do you want to tell the people why we're low on SC? The Grinch, man. The Grinch <laughs> the stole Christmas. The Grinch stole Christmas yesterday. The Grinch stole past uh, past coverage and. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, the defense led by Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator, it was bad. Start of the game, it was really looking like San Jose State could make something special happen there. Siobhan Cordero converted, what, like two third and 30s? It was... The Nick Nash yeah, legacy gave the, game. The run game. Yeah, Nick Nash converted quarterback, three touchdowns. He was looking like Randy Moss out there. Imagine, Siobhan Cordero, yeah. Imagine if Justin Lockhart actually played because like, he didn't play in that game for him. Could have been looking at 56-42. Yeah, I think a lot of the even their best defensive plays were just Cordero running backwards 10 yards and then eating a sack. It wasn't really like they had a couple. Eric Gentry had a nice game before he went up with an injury, but otherwise there wasn't much to, it, much it, to fall in love with there. It, it's extremely worrying for USC that that's the defense that they put out there and that's the product that Lincoln Riley continues to to have like like this is why i'm so much lower on lincoln than other people because he's okay with this product he's okay playing buddy ball again grinch's money and putting this out there this team is not better than washington if that's the defense that you want out there yeah i mean it's so it's overplayed usually to talk about how a team isn't tough like they're not physical but this is really like Look no further than USC in terms of how much that can actually affect like the on-field performance. Oh my there's God. no there's no physicality. They don't like to tackle. It's yeah. just yeah, could it's you, not not fun. Could you imagine FIU versus SC's defense? No. <laughs> no I imagine imagine Grayson James throws for four hundred against SC's defense. I mean, last year they gave up a couple. Um, I think about like I always think back to that chance Nolan for interception game like that has to be <laughs> considering the defense you play against. <laughs> dude, dude, I I just I don't know, man. 
But I'm yeah, I'm very really worried about that defense. Yeah, it's 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 bad, especially as you mentioned, you're worried about it, especially the quarterbacks that they're gonna be facing the rest of the year. And obviously I think the first half of their schedule, if you look at it, it's it's nothing until they play, you know, Notre Dame and then they start to play, you know, Washington and, and those other bigger pro, better programs in the Pac twelve. It's just this I, I'm right up there with you guys. Obviously, I wasn't on the preview, but I the, until this defense in, improves even marginally and plays a, a different, you know, a little bit more physically, this it's it's te- a team is not going to compete on a on a national level. It's not going to be playoff worthy at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. no offense to Cordero and um, and Nash, but if you're looking at USC's schedule, Shadur to Travis Hunter. Arizona's quarterback to um, both Jacob Cowing and um, the, the big guy, Tedaraya McMillan. Yeah, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, even Cal, Sam Jackson to Jeremiah Hunter, Phoenix to Rome. and Jaden Rashada to Elijah yeah. Badger. Perhaps, perhaps. And the tight end, Conyers is pretty good. But, yeah. Sam, Sam Oregon, Jackson to, to Jeremiah yeah, Hunter. Oh. Next to Troy Franklin. Dante Moore to J. Michael Sturdivant. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's not, not fun to think about. They're getting a car so badly. Yeah. Uh, also, the effort level was not there for multiple players, including the ever so coveted Bear Alexander. Bear Alexander, yeah. He got pancaked what, on the first what a, what a disgrace of a performance that was. There's multiple yeah. plays where he was just a complete and utter non-factor. And it, again, makes you wonder how this is the product that they're comfortable putting out there and how a guy like Corey Foreman isn't getting on the field a lot more. Like, what is there? I don't know, man. There's at least, like, four players I can name off the top of my head on USC's defense, so I genuinely don't think, like, tackling contact or want anything to do with it. Name them. Kalen Bullock, yep. who last year. Um, All-American, by the Eric way. Gentry, Eric Gentry cannot tackle. Bear Alexander, was it, it wasn't very... He very ran inspiring. away from the ball quite often, yeah. Eric Gentry, yeah, I'm thinking back to the Utah game for the most part. But yeah, Eric Gentry can't hit. And I mean, I don't know, there's a couple of new candidates. Domani Jackson, he's a great player in coverage, but... Yeah, I don't know. They, Zion Branch is going to need to get a lot more. A lot yeah, more. They he, might need to be ignited on both. Uh, while Zachariah is doing this thing on offense, Zion's going to need to be out there on defense and help, like, inject some, some something into that defense because it's one of the most pathetic displays uh, of, I don't know, man. It, it's it's terrible. It, we. It's terrible. I don't know how you could be higher on this team in Washington. I just don't get it. It blows my mind. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to see, but it's not. I just don't see how it could possibly get much better on defense. Well, on to uh, you know closing this thing out. Most impressive performance you saw in uh, in week zero. Um. um here you can go. Ahead. Okay. Um, I think that for me, it was probably the Notre Dame offensive line um, and just what they were able to do opening wide open um, holes for any running back that touched the ball. Um, I think Sam Hartman stayed clean the entire time. Um, So that was probably the most impressive performance. 
um, you know, from start to finish um, for, for me as far as a, a unit um, and a, as far as a team as well and how they dominated on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I'll go with AJ Swan. We talked about him at Vanderbilt. He showed everything you want to see from a guy entering his sophomore year. He has some experience under his belt, and it really showed. Strong arm, making throws off platform. He's got a good good connection with the receivers. I think the sky's the limit for him, whether it be at Vanderbilt or if he ends up transferring down the line. Yeah, I went with the kind of obvious pick of Zachariah Branch. Ignited all of social media despite a Pac-12 network game that nobody could watch. That, that that says a lot, especially when you're playing with the reigning Heisman winner, that you're able to garner that amount of attention on just like four catches, a few kick returns, and one carry. Every touch that this guy had was must-see TV, and he was playing on a channel that nobody has. Like, it's so impressive to me. I can't wait to see how his career just just blossoms because I think we're, we're looking at a guy who could be one. Think about what he could be in the NFL, man. Uh, he he's a special player, and I'm very happy to see USC utilize him in 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 plenty of ways in his debut. That was that was really encouraging to see, and this is only the beginning. Like the, that kid's career is going to be nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, most disappointing performance, Bryce. Um, outside of. Of USC's defense, uh, I'm gonna go um, FIU. That was the offense um, was pretty bad. Um, that whole game was pretty bad, and then right up there on the medal stand is the uh, NBC broadcast. That was uh, not not the cleanest. I think they had Joe Montana as a five time Super Bowl champion. He's he's only won four. Um, the the camera inside the booth was pretty shaky the entire time pre and post game and. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Noah Eagle sounded fine. Um, but other than that, the I thought the broadcast uh, needed some work. All right. Talk about that really quick. I do like Eagle. I also like, really like Jack Collinsworth who wasn't there. Um, why? Like, I don't understand. Like, the camera would just spoil that there was a deep shot downfield coming multiple times. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Was it like a producer's decision? Like, they're gonna. Th- we already know they're throwing it downfield here, so let's make sure that we're tr- using that camera tracking. And like, I I don't understand. Yeah, the 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 camera angles. I don't I don't know how they're set up. I think they might be slightly different since it's a soccer stadium. But um, to to have that decision of of following the ball down, and it wasn't just one time. It was multiple times that the they were following the receivers down the field and not sticking on the on the quarterback or, or near the line. Um, where the play was kind of even happening. They did it on runs, uh, some run plays as well. I just thought overall the broadcast was, you know, very subpar. Yeah, very mediocre. And and obviously I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Jason Garrett, so I don't think many people are. So what did you think of the uh, score bug that NBC had? I thought it was clean. I thought it was it was nice. It was kind of big. Um, but I, I liked I think I liked it better than the Fox one. Um, that one just, it felt a little loud veering on the towards of like Nickelodeon cartoonish kind of having the logos kind of tilted at an angle. And it's like, what are we doing here? I thought it was fine how it was, but yeah. Karan, what about you for most disappointing performance? 
So what, again? most disappointing performance. Oh, um, there's a, there's a couple to choose from here, uh, but I'll go with Ohio. It just ooh, okay. <laughs> there's a couple obvious ones there. But just in general, I think Ohio was the most disappointing for me watching it. Rourke goes down early and it just looked like they had no idea what to like. They hadn't prepared at all for any situation where he isn't like leading the offense. CJ Harris came out through 41 passes. Nobody wants to see that. And yeah, that felt like such a winnable game for them. And I think with Curtis, they probably do win it. And it just suck- it sucks to see them lose in such a close fashion nonetheless. The touchdown that they gave up to end the first half. Zero's on the clock. Yeah, it was just like every the most heartbreaking possible outcomes in like every, yeah. every corner. It, it, it was tough. Sucks for them. At yeah. least that ref took a ball off the face from Jalen May, and that was sick. Most disappointing performance, man. Hey. I don't know. I was going to cheat and say the score bugs because I felt like both, I don't know. I, there's both extremely mediocre, so whatever. I, I think it has to be Louisiana Tech. Like that, you won by five against a team who threw for four passing yards. It was an absolute disaster class from both teams, as we said. But for a Louisiana Tech team that a lot of us were looking to to uh, take a step forward and show some, some good promise and in another season of combi, it, it wasn't there. That was that was terrible. I, I I wouldn't feel good leaving it a rating of one star out of ten. It was much worse than that. They need to be a lot better. And I don't know if it gets better against Preston Stone and SMU. Uh golly, man, that was terrible. Player who stood out to you the most. Um, I'll go um I'll go Tyson Fumachan. Uh, for me, uh, I thought, you know, what UMass had in the past, I, I thought he's definitely an upgrade for them. Um, and his running ability, uh, I, I thought, can make it much more of a difference in, in that offense going forward. And uh, I, I think that UMass's offense will be better for it. Um, I'll go with Branch. We already talked so much about him, but it's just like – it's going to be crazy watching that guy over the next, like, three, four years. It's sky's the limit there. He could be Jalen Waddle. He could be Tyreek Kelly. He could be Percy Arvin. It's all, like, that was a phenomenal performance. He could be Zachariah Branch as well. He could indeed be Zachariah he could, Branch. He could. Uh, it's, got, it's going to be Shager for me. Just, yeah, it's an loss. It's also at the SEC, SEC school's undergoing renovations and everything but he looked really good and he ignited a lot of hope into that hawaii program and a seven point loss we we've talked about him a lot tonight as well and it's because he deserves it he was it was very reminiscent of just watching these hawaii gunslingers in years past and just chucking it downfield and thriving accuracy so precise. It was really fun to watch. I can't wait to watch him now the rest of the season, starting with the upcoming game against Stanford. Karan with an absolute laser there that Shager was going to break out in a massive way. Biggest takeaway from week zero before we uh, gap on out here. Um, I thought Conference USA was going to be a lot more fun, and 
it was not um it was not fun uh very much fun a whole lot yesterday i mean jacksonville state i welcome to fbs as you said that was probably the the best performance um of the day for conference usa but uh um i when me and me and uh, george did the preview we were like oh there's gonna be a lot of points being scored uh because there's some good offenses and some really bad defenses and uh yeah, it was not not a lot of points being scored yesterday. Nope, we'll have to rely on Liberty and Western Kentucky for plenty of those. How about you, Karan? Biggest takeaway? Um, biggest takeaway for me, honestly, I didn't hear the last year myself, kind of, but yeah, I think between Hawaii and Vanderbilt, I mean, those two teams have made a lot of progress and there is a possibility where two teams that for the most part, the last few years have been bottom dwellers teams that have been like the back of a lot of jokes, free wins. I think at least one of those two teams could end up being a solid middle of the pack to contending team in, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that USC really is losing three games this season that defense cannot be in the mix enough. Like, we've talked about so much that defense is such a disaster. It is it, – it's it's a very bad situation, and if SC need the, – the issue here with SC is that first half of the schedule, the first six games, they should be 6-0. and They should be fine. Grinch isn't really going to be in the hot seat or anything. This is a guy that should be fired before the season ends. You should want to fix this product a lot earlier than the uh, than you would think the eventual firing comes after a season or something, right? But you have Caleb Williams. You have the best player in college football. I would be trying to do everything I can to set him up for the most success possible, set myself up for the most successful uh, outcome possible in the program and everything. I'd be looking to get it different defensive coordinator in there as soon as possible. They're not going to do it. It's a mistake. Grinch is going to uh, to really hinder them from being something special. So uh, way to go, man. Thank you, Lincoln. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for us. Week zero in the books. Week one on the horizon. Can't wait. Some good games that uh, will be plenty of fun to watch. So thank you all for joining me tonight. You're still listening, uh, watching on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and appreciate you so much. So thank you. Have a good rest of your night.